Welcome back to the Badass Literature Society, where badasses come together to rate and review novels recommended by you. Hi, I'm Michael. This is Barbara. And I'm Lauren. This month, we read The Secret Life of Bees by Sue Monk Kidd. This book was recommended to us by Sharon on Facebook. Thank you, Sharon. And so let's talk about the author a little bit first. So Sue Monk Kidd was raised in a small town of Sylvester, Georgia. She graduated from Texas Christian University in 1970 and later took creative writing courses at Emory University. As well, as well as studying at CUNY, Breadloaf, and other writers' conferences. In her 40s, Kidd turned her attention to writing fiction, winning the South Carolina Fellowship in Literature and the 1996 Poets and Writers Exchange Program in Fiction. When her first novel, The Secret Life of Bees, was published by Viking in 2002, it became a genuine literary phenomenon, spending more than two and a half years on the New York Times bestsellers list. That's two and a half years. That's crazy. It seems like a really long time. It has been translated into 36 languages and sold more than 6 million copies in the U.S. and 8 million copies worldwide. Bees was named the BookSense Paperback Book of the Year in 2004, long listed for the 2002 Orange Prize in England, and won numerous other awards. The novel was adapted into an award-winning movie as well as an off-Broadway musical. Uh, Kid now lives in North Carolina with her husband. And Barbara, you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, specs of the book, so to speak? Yeah, so it was originally published on January 28th of 2003. These genres are considered historical fiction and fiction. Depending on the copy, it could be 302 pages, and it currently has a 4.07 on Goodreads, 4.4 on Barnes & Nobles, 4.7 on Amazon, and a 4.6 on Audible. Which is pretty consistent all around, except for maybe on Goodreads, I guess. It has been nominated for the Orange Prize for Fiction Longlist in 2002, the Lincoln Award in 2005, the Missouri Gateway Readers Award in 2005, the Lovely Books, oof, Lezer Praise not, uh, for Aljamine Literature in 2009, and it actually won the Book Since Book of the Year Award for Paperback in 2004. So like anything else, we think it's important for readers to know what, if any, representation is in the books we read. So for this book, there are POC characters, but no LGBTQ plus characters and no persons with disabilities. All right. Lauren, you want to give us your uh, back of the book synopsis? Sure. So this book was basically, I I really enjoyed it, but it was um, set in South Carolina in 1964. Um, And it follows the story of Lily Owens, who's our main character and our voice of the novel. And her life has been shaped around the memory of the afternoon that her mom was killed, which seems to be something that is a theme throughout the book. When her stand-in mother, Rosaline, um, who was a housekeeper, I believe, in their home, uh, she insults three of the deepest racists in town. Lily decides to spring them both free. They escaped to Tiburon, South Carolina, a town that holds the secret to her mother's past. Uh, taken in by an eccentric trio of black beekeeping sisters, Lily is introduced to their mesmerizing world of bees and honey and the Black Madonna. Uh, this is a remarkable novel about divine female power, a story women will share and pass on to their daughters for years to come. All right. So what did you think about The Secret Life of Bees? And remember, no spoilers. So I really like this book. The pacing was fine for me i didn't have any issues with the pacing the characters were really great i loved the characters i liked the character arc that lily went through i thought that was really important for her 
and I learned about bees. Didn't think that was going to be a thing, but I definitely learned about bees. Had no idea. I thought the plot was really engaging. Overall, I really enjoyed reading this book. So, so uh, you know, it, it wasn't my favorite book of all time, but I did really enjoy it. Uh, I thought the characters were were very interesting. Uh, the setting was was also the setting, the time frame, all of that was was very. I loved the historical fiction aspects of it, and I, I really enjoyed the the overall story. It's kind of a combination of historical fiction, maybe tossing a little bit of a coming of age tale uh, for our main character Lily. I I really liked it. I loved this book. Um, the point of view was interesting coming from um, Lily, who is white and young and kind of her looking at the world through her point of view, I thought was really well written. Uh, the characters were well developed. Lots, I think pretty much all the characters had some type of arc and I really just enjoyed the plot. I didn't have a pacing issue with it at all. I really enjoyed it. The audible version for those who want to listen to it uh, was really good. The voice, the voices like were really well done and it was very engaging. So I just enjoyed it a lot. Was it different people like narrating different people, like characters or is it one person doing different voices? So it was one person, but she was doing different voices. Like she had different voices for each character and she just did a really good job. Um, I did. I feel like one of the other novels that we reviewed, there was like a full cast for, the audible thing, which is yeah, like I remember really you neat. saying that. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, this the one didn't next do that. Book that. We're reading. I've been listening to, and it's a full cast of oh, characters. Cool. Yeah. Are you listening to it on Audible? No. Okay. Neat. No, but this one was just one one narrator, but it was uh, it was really well done. So, like always, we're not going to go into our individual ratings at this point. You have to wait to the end for that. But our group score for this book was a seven point seven out of ten. And going from there, would you recommend this book? And yeah, I would to anybody. I cannot think of anybody I would not recommend this book to or anyone that would not benefit from reading this story. Uh, I think that it's not only a very good story, but it's a, it's a very important story to read. So, so yeah, I, I definitely would recommend it. I agree. I think that this kind of supersedes genres. I don't think that necessarily anybody who likes a certain genre wouldn't so like my genres and you guys's genre like favorites um I just feel like don't really matter when it comes to this book like it's it's just it kind of appeals to everybody but also is an important story like Michael said like I feel like it's a it is a valuable read regardless of what you typically gravitate towards yeah I would agree with both of what you guys said I would recommend it to anyone. I think it's a it's a book that hits a lot of notes for me, and I think it would hit a lot of different notes for everyone else, like Lauren kind of mentioned. It's kind of transcends like genres as far as like if you only like a particular genre, I think you would still enjoy this book. If you have a human heart, I don't know. Some people might not have a human heart, not enjoy it, but that is what it is. I also think it's just a great coming of age book, and I think it's relatable regardless of Regardless of anything, it's just a great coming of age book. So, so from Barbara's perspective, those of you out there that have uh, either a pig valve, a bovine valve, or some other um, maybe robotic chamber of your heart, you right, should not you read this might, book. No, no, it's, not should. You might not enjoy it as much because no. you don't have a full human heart, and apparently right, that's, right. A, that's a correct factor. Okay. Or if you just have a cold, <laughs> un, unalive heart. Yeah, I mean that's usually Barbara though, and she enjoyed it. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> 
All right. So for those of you leaving us at this point, don't forget to give us a rating if you like us. Uh, that's, that's super important if the uh, the podcast app you listen to gives you the opportunity to do that. Uh, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. In both places, our handle is at Badass Lip Pod. Uh, speaking of Facebook and Instagram, we want to hear from you guys. If you've got a book you want us to read, please let us know. Uh, and now Lauren is going to give us a short preview of what we've got coming up next. Yes, next month we are taking a break, but we will have a bonus type episode. Uh, we'll be back in May when we will be reading The Final Empire, which is the first Mistborn novel uh, by Brandon Sanderson, which was recommended to us by a user on Reddit. Random user on Reddit. Thanks. Here's Lauren's, the preview. Lauren's so excited. Thanks, Reddit <laughs> user. <laughs> right. We can't even, I can't even uh, direct my anger at anyone in particular, just a random Reddit user. <laughs> Um, here's the preview. For a thousand years, the ash fell and no flowers bloomed. For a thousand years, the ska slaved in misery and lived in fear. For a thousand years, the Lord Ruler, the sliver of infinity, reigned with absolute power and ultimate terror, divinely invincible. Then, when hope was so long lost that not even its memory remained, a terribly scarred, heartbroken half-ska rediscovered it in the depths of the Lord Ruler's most hellish prison. Kelsier? Is that right? Snapped and found in himself the powers of a mistborn. A brilliant thief and natural leader, he turned his talents to the ultimate caper, with the Lord Ruler himself as the mark. Kelsier recruited the underworld's elite, the smartest and most trustworthy allomancers, each of whom shares one of his many powers, all of whom relish a high-stakes challenge. Then Kelsier reveals his ultimate dream, not just the greatest heist in history, but the downfall of the divine dead. Despot. Despot. Oh, I would. I literally would have pronounced it the way you did. Like, <laughs> Depot? <laughs> uh, but even with the best criminal crew ever assembled, Kel's plan looks more like the ultimate long shot, until Luck brings a ragged girl named Vin into his life. Like him, she's a half-Scot orphan, but she's lived a much harsher life. Vin has learned to expect betrayal from everyone she meets. She will have to learn to learn trust if Kel is to help her master powers, of which she never dreamed. Brandon Sanderson, fantasy's newest master tailspinner and author of the acclaimed debut Elantris, which I actually liked, dares to turn a genre on its head by asking a simple question. What if the prophesied hero failed to defeat the Dark Lord? The answer will be found in the Mistborn trilogy, a saga of surprises that begins with the book in your hands. Fantasy will never be the same again. Bum, bum, bum. No, Lauren, I, th I think you'll like this one too, actually. it's uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's just very daunting have you on Audible. I have, but I'm not very far in. And on Audible, it's not a full cast, which I'm a little bit salty about. So I don't know where you're listening to it, but it's not on Audible. And then also, it's just like a 25-hour listen, which is just very intimidating for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if there is no other, I guess, that's interested in the audiobook, the, the alternate, there's a company called Graphic Audio that has done most of Brandon Sanderson's books. Uh, and Graphic Audio is known for doing a uh, full cast recording um, of the book. So, which is a pretty daunting task for a fantasy novel that has like tons of characters and every single character is voiced by a different actor or actress. It's uh, it's cool. Mm, or they get people who are good at doing multiple voices. No, there's like a 15 minute segment at the beginning oh, where they really? list off the entire cast. It's a huge Chicken. ensemble. What uh, app are you listening to that on? You have to just get it directly from the graphic audio website. Oh, okay. It's the only place I know of to, to get it. So anyway, uh, remember the second part of this episode is an in-depth look at The Secret Life of Bees. So if you do want to read that, please stop listening now and come back and listen to the rest of this episode when you're done. 
Hey guys, my name's Abby and I co-host the Book Life Podcast with my best friend Mo. We cover fantasy, sci-fi, and historical fiction books and talk book-related topics like our favorite character types, world building, and books versus their movies. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite platform. Now, back to your show. Now, for those of you sticking around for the spoilers, here we go. Like always, we're going to start off with the Badass Character Award. Barbara, who was your nominee for the Badass Character Award this time? So my Badass Character Award goes to August. I think she has that inner strength and just she just exudes like this toughness and gentleness all at the same time. And just really love that combo. And I really liked her character. So that's who mine went to. I think August is a good pick. Um, I ended up picking Lily for the badass character award. I think that, you know, the, for being just a little girl, she endured quite a bit in her, in her short life and the, the way that she was able to overcome it. And also just the personal growth that she had, it was very, it was very inspiring. I really liked Lily as a character, so she she got the badass character award for me. I also chose Lily. I think that she just has, she's very resilient. She throughout the novel shows like her levels of perseverance. Uh, she's been through some shit. Continues to you know kind of press on and wants to learn about herself and her history. Um, so I give it to her. So I like to add more into mine. The fact that this took place at this time where not only women weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff, but like African-American women, August had her own business, a thriving business, mind you, is just, I just thought that was really cool because back then you didn't see that true, at, true. At, at all. So I just thought that was really. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think August was a close second for me for the, uh, the award. Uh, so Lily was the aw- winner of the Badass Character Award for this novel. Um, moving on from there, let's talk a little bit about some of the some of the major characters. Uh, I, I want to start with Lily, who's our our main character, as well as the the voice of the book, as I think Lauren mentioned in the uh, the opening. Lily was a really interesting character. It was uh, not uh, not necessarily a happy story uh, for her. Well, part of her story is happy, but there's a lot of her story and a lot of her life that's that's not so happy. And she lives a pretty pretty rough life at the beginning. She's living with her just her dad because her mom has died. Um, I think at the very beginning of the book, we don't know what happened, right? Doesn't that no? Is we that, do. Is that right away at the beginning that you, you yeah, find out about the? It's the like shooting? the second chapter or something like that. She mentions that she has that core memory where. Her, she's playing the closet. Her mom's like fumbling around with clothes and like dropping it in a suitcase or something. And then her mom like or her dad comes home and her mom's like crap and trying to get it together. And then she has this distinct memory of like the gun being dropped on the floor. And then that's kind of where it gets fuzzy. Yeah. And then we there's literally that, that she did it. Well, no, but there's that line that I thought was really interesting that she says. She's like, all I know is that like I loved my mom or I love something so much. And I was the one that took her away or something like that. It was like, I I don't have the book with me, but it was aligned to something to that. And so that's, it kind of makes you assume that she was the one who picked up the gun and accidentally shot her mom. Which that's a fact. Unfortunately, that's confirmed later in the book. Her dad never confirmed or never told her about it or anything like that. She just kind of had an inkling of it, but 
I think she kind of just stayed away from it and didn't really like to, to think about. But she kind of, yeah. because of that line, makes me think that she knew. Yeah. And I think in some ways that was like one of the only kind things that uh, her dad did for her after that happened is not. We'll, uh, we'll discuss that later. Michael, yeah. you're getting off. Anyway, anyway Lil- Lily's a very interesting character. She lives this life where she's with her dad and he's not a very nice man. And uh, it's just her and Rosaline who is their housekeeper slash nanny. Uh, and um, as Lauren mentioned in the, the description of the book. Uh, this t- takes place around the time where African-Americans were, were just given the right to vote. And so Rosaline is very excited about going and registering to vote. And uh, she takes Lily with her, correct? But yes, she asked to go because it was her birthday. It was the 4th of July mm-hmm. and it was her birthday. And she didn't want to be stuck in the house because TJ, T. Ray, sorry, T. Ray never buys her any gifts besides like socks and underwear or something like that. Yeah. And she wanted to do something fun for her birthday. That was really sad. She always fantasized about him getting her like a piece of jewelry or something. So anyway, uh, she and Rosaline uh, take off to go and register Rosaline to vote. And on the way, they get hassled by the uh, three biggest racists in town, apparently. And instead of, you know, trying to get out of the situation and and get going, uh, Rosaline who's a tobacco chewer, uh, spits tobacco on their shoes. No, I- she took her little jar and oh, literally right. her spit it. jar. I think, I don't know jar. what that's called. I call it a spit jar. I don't that's know. Fine. Isn't yeah, there a technical term? Spittoon. I'm pretty okay. sure they just called it her her spit jar too. Yeah, so her, she takes her little spit jar jug thing and literally just like pours it on their shoes, which I thought was hilarious. But Agreed. they obviously did not find that as funny. So anyway, that, that happens. Things hit the fan. And they end up getting arrested, and then Lily ends up breaking Rosaline out of jail. Kind of fast-forwarding here. We'll talk about some more of this later in detail. And uh, that's how they end up at the beekeeping farm, where Lily's story takes a much more positive turn, and this is where the coming-of-age story comes in. I, I, I really I loved the, the depth of Lily's character as, as the book continued. Uh, she given an opportunity to kind of open up as a person, figure out who she really is, um, and it was an opportunity I feel like she never really got in her home life because of the... Uh, well, the, the, effectively the constant stress she was under because of what was going on, how her dad was behaving and his erratic behavior and her never really knowing if, you know, he was going to be not even really nice. I don't think nice, is a, I don't think he was ever nice, but if he was going to be, you know, not abusive or even there. Anyway, somebody else can jump in if they'd like to add something about Lily. So just- I liked Lily's point of view because she started off, so she's a bit different. She's not like T-Ray. Well, I mean, I guess we don't really know if T-Ray's racist or anything like that. Like, obviously he's tolerable, but Lily never considered her herself a racist or anything like that. But she did have inner prejudice that you could hear from her inner monologues that she shed. Like, uh, when they get to the sister's beekeeping home and stuff like that, she's always say like how embarrassed she is of Rosaline because she's not, you know, like sophisticated and all this other stuff. And then she was actually shocked when she met August and June and May that they were smart. And she was like, oh, I never thought African-Americans could be smart. She was, she even said like, I always thought just white people could be smart and go to school and all this stuff. And then like her eye and her world just, gets opened up and like i said that her inner biases that she didn't even realize that she had kind of gets you know turned around and she's like oh that was you know i didn't even realize that's how i was thinking and she kind of goes through this little like metamorphosis of realizing how her thinking was different and she met these women who proved her wrong and i really enjoyed that to see that through her eyes and see that change in her as well as the change of 
loving herself because I feel like she also hated herself for everything that happened with her mom. That's a little bit of Lily, I guess. Yeah. I um, also really appreciated the scenes where she would get glimpses into like, oh, I am biased. Like, and even just acknowledging it with her inner monologue, like realizing that what was kind of ingrained in her was not accurate was really neat to see. And then just kind of her navigating her situation with T-Ray and trying to figure out what's going on with her mom. And then after, obviously, they figure out what she figures out what happened later on, her navigating kind of the feelings that are associated with not it not being what she thought it was, I guess. We're in the spoiler section. So realizing that, you know, her mom abandoned her rather than just left, that she was trying to get away from her, her and T-Ray, and that she didn't take her with her, and then just kind of navigating all of that. We'll obviously get a lot deeper into some specifics of Lily later, but this is kind of just an overview of the characters. Next one I wanted to talk about was Rosaline, which is Lily's, Lauren called her stand-in mother, the housekeeper. I also I wanted to touch on one thing I just thought about that Barbara mentioned. I they I don't think T Ray was a racist. They they didn't at least I think he was prejudiced like probably most people were at that time, even Lily. But it, it was implied that like just because of the comments he made about the men, true. Rosaline, so that's what I'm saying. I wasn't I didn't think he was a racist. It's just he probably thought what back then was standard for grownups to think around that time. Like he didn't mind, you know, like he wasn't racist like you said, but like he wasn't going out of his way to be nice to them correct. either. Yeah, he he didn't hate other. I don't think he hated them, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, Rosalina is an awesome character. I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed her character. I loved her attitude. She uh, like that scene where she poured the <laughs> the spit. Yeah, jar she has a no on, nonsense attitude. She didn't take didn't take crap from anybody. And I think that her attitude and the way that she is had a big impact on on Lily too. I think that probably why she was brave enough to you know run away from. Her dad was because of Rosaline and her uh, her badassery. I think Rosaline is there for Lily in the sense that I think without Rosaline's character, Lily would be a completely different person because that was the only person that in her pivotal ages of growing up as a child, that's the only place she was seeking that love and actually getting it because obviously she still wanted T-Ray's love and approval and affection mm-hmm. and all this stuff. She wasn't getting it from him. And luckily she had Rosaline because I feel like it would be a very different story had she not had that mother figure that she so desperately wanted and then found also in the other sisters. But I really enjoyed Rosaline. I liked her character. I pictured her originally a bit older. And then I remembered that I had seen the movie and that her character is a much younger. It's Jennifer Hudson, I believe is her name, that plays her, right? Is that her, the actress's name? Actress, singer, amazing, talented. Uh, that, yes, that, that is. The, she. I don't know if she plays that role in the She movie. plays I've Rosaline. She, uh, she does. And that's I why I was like, I didn't. Older. See, I pictured her older, but in, in the movie, she's much younger. I think a lot younger. So I kind of originally pictured her a lot older and I'm not sure why I just did. Uh, so I'm not really sure what her age is and, and all that, but I, I enjoyed her character. I liked how she was. And I feel like she had, I think Lily didn't give her a lot of credit in the beginning. And then she started realizing what she actually meant to her. And I really enjoyed their relationship, how it progressed from one to another where I feel like Lily maybe not took advantage of her, but like, what is the word I'm looking for? Took her for granted. To thank you. Took her for granted and then realized all the things that she had done for her. And I, I thought that was really beautiful. So 
Upon reflection, I feel like Rosaline should have maybe been the badass character. <laughs> she definitely would have been a. I, I think. I think most of the characters, though, in this book, with the, with the exception of T. Ray, would men? have been a contender. Well, yeah, well no, Zach could have been a contender. Zach was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think That's most true. of the characters in this book could have been a contender for the badass character. Correct. On some level. Correct. I was just looking at IMDb though, Barbara, and it looks like they may have de-aged a lot of the characters because August was played by Queen Latifah and she's not. Oh that my old god, either. I love Queen Latifah. I have such a weird obsession with Queen Tilly. I love her. Anyways, we'll get into that later when we talk about <laughs> August. <laughs> I love Queen Latifah. Well, that's actually what we're gonna talk about right now is the sisters. So we have Your we have sister Aug- really hasn't talked to Rose about it. Oh Lauren, did you have anything to add about Rosaline? Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that you know, kind of like what you guys said, that Rosaline being that stand-in mother figure and also just consistently being a role model for uh, Lily to have her step out of her comfort zone and different things, I think was very important. And I also picture her older. I still have not seen the movie because I vowed that I would not watch it until I had read the book. And now I have finally read the book, so now I will watch the movie. But I feel like Rosaline has been, was a consistent source of love and for Lily, that's super important. Like she's still seeking love from T Ray at the end of the novel. Sad. So at least she had one solid person that was always kind of there for her. So from there, let's talk about the sisters. We had August, June, and May. They were the three uh three beekeeping sisters. And the first question I'm gonna ask you guys is I want to know who your favorite sister was. I really liked August in well, I liked all of them for different reasons, but I really, really liked August, and I really, really liked May and June. I mean, I understand why she was the way she was, but you get it from Lily's point of view. So in the beginning, you kind of gravitates to be like, why is she being so mean? Is this little white girl, you know? But it's like, I understand why she was. So, but I just, I liked all of them. It's really hard to pick, but I... I think maybe August for me would be a little bit on the A because Queen Latifah. Yes, that's who I pictured soon. I was like, yes, Queen Latifah is August. And just, I just really like, like I said, like she is this groundbreaking woman who wasn't married in a time where that's all women were seen to be good for was to get married and have children and take care of their husband and their children. She was not only a woman, but an African-American woman who had her own business, like I mentioned, and and a thriving business, not even just a small, this was this thriving business who helped the community, who did a bunch of stuff. And I just think that's amazing. And like I said, this is another one of those strong female woman characters that you see that I love that doesn't have to wield a sword and be on horseback to be a strong woman character. It's, just how she is, how she handles situations, how she's loving and tough and abled and all this other stuff. So that's mine. That was mine. So my favorite sister was also August. Um, but then with a close second being May, I also just didn't gravitate towards June much. And I think that is like Barbara said, like just because the perspective that we get, I really liked May's character too, though. (laughs) R.I.P. May. I know. I know. My favorite was also August. I just really liked her character. And then even more so, I think, so I I forgot to mention. So when Lily arrives at the, the sister's beekeeping farm, uh, she is pretending to be somebody else. And you find out later that August pretty much knew the whole time. (laughs) All of them did. (laughs) Yeah. Who who Lily actually was. And and that made me love August even more because she recognized that Lily needed some time before she was ready to talk about stuff. And 
she respected her even though she was a little girl and gave her that time, which I thought was really cool. Right. She doesn't she doesn't treat her like a little girl. She treats her like a mature adult who is complicated and all these things and she gives her that time to be like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Here's, you know, another reason to love August. True. So next question about the sisters, do we all need a wailing wall like May had? And whoever answers this first should probably explain what the wailing wall is. So, I mean, I think that the wailing wall could be um, symbolic for a place to go and kind of air your stress, your sadness, your frustrations, things like that. Do I think that everybody needs a physical wall where they go and cry? No. Do I think the symbolism there of going somewhere and having something consistent to go and get out your kind of inner demons, so to speak, like maybe therapy, you know, that would be good. I feel like everyone could use a therapist. That's everyone's wailing wall is therapy. Yeah. Everyone needs a therapist or just like a really close friend that you can, you know, go to and vent to and, or, you know, understanding yourself enough to, you know, have, somewhere in your house that you go. And some people, if you're religious, like they have prayer rooms or some people have meditation rooms that, you know, they're not religious or they, you know, just different places where you can go and kind of find peace and uh, let out all of your frustrations and things. I think that that is important. Yes. What I was going to say on this one is that I, like Lauren said, I don't think we all need like a physical wall to cry to, but I, I kind of saw the Welling Wall as a symbol, that, and I think everybody needs you know something where they can either someone to to you know to to air their grievances to, or maybe just something in their life that they do that gives them that gives them peace uh, that you know lets them lets them find their peace. I think that could be similar. I've got a question. Did you read May as autistic? Because that's kind of how I read her character as not necessarily autistic but i definitely read her as having some mental health struggle okay i wasn't sure exactly what because i mean back then that wouldn't have been a diagnosis i I don't think that was even a a consideration back then you know it was just i mean a lot of things weren't considered back then god forbid you had ptsd and depression anxiety back then it was just like rub some dirt on and you'll be fine so but yeah she kind of like read to me, at least, a little like that. Yeah, she definitely had some emotional disturbance and um, probably some PTSD. She had some mental health stuff. I read it as mental health something. I, I don't know exactly what it was. I don't. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to talk about, at least for now, in regards to the sisters, was why do you think that June was cold? Or why did you think June was cold toward Lily? Because to be honest, at the beginning, I didn't really know. Because it's not explicitly clear why she feels that way. Um, and it's it's almost like she, I guess my initial thoughts were like, maybe she just doesn't like having new people around. Like she just prefers their setting with this, just the, you know, the people she's familiar with and comfortable with and didn't really like the idea of this, this new little white girl and uh, her black housekeeper hanging out on their property. That was, I guess that's the only thing I could initially think of. I'm curious what you guys had for your I, initial thoughts. I don't think she had a problem with Rosalina. I really do think it's Lily and because she's white. Because if you think about the time period, they could get in trouble for this. Having some white girl at your house without a mom or a dad or any reasoning behind it. I mean, hell, whenever we get that scene with the cop, he's like, oh, you're living here with 
you know, these, these folks is what he said or something like that. And he's like, next time I see you, I better not see you because you better be not with them type thing. So I think it's more of that. Like she doesn't want to add any more strife to their family. You know, I think she's very protective of her family. And I I think she kind of just went a little mama bear in that sense where it's like, who is this white girl and why is she here? She's posing a threat to us in a society where it's a little things were starting to bubble over. I feel like maybe not necessarily in their town, even though we do get a scene where that happens. I, I, that's why I thought, I just thought that she didn't want her there because it would cause them more issues. If people were to ask around. I thought she was just kind of a cranky old bee uh, for a while um, until we kind of get more of her story. I just, I didn't really gravitate towards her character much. I was like, why are you so cranky? It's true. She did kind of seem cranky. And the last character I want to touch on here before we dive into our, our discussion questions is T-Ray, uh, Lily's dad. Asshole. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's, uh, that's really the only vibe I got from him. I, I really, I mean, I guess in some ways I, I liked his character the way he was written because like I hated him so much. Like, say you to, love to hate him. Right. Because it I mean, makes to, him to, a good, well-written character, right? To make, make me feel things like that. They've got to be a well-written character. So he was definitely a well-written character for the story, but he was definitely an a-hole like Barbara said. Yeah, there's no, you know, when you get in your fantasy books, there's that evil moustached twirling evil man like that's not who he is it's a very common person that you might meet in normal time daily living you know you might meet someone who you might not agree with the way they are raising their children or how they are raising people in general or how he acts towards people and that makes him even more of a hateful character you know because of that and so she did it hell of a job writing someone that we love to hate and especially because we get once again lily's perspective we don't get any outside perspective of him we get a little bit of his story but i don't think that's enough to be redeemable and once again like you said we will talk about that later so that's all i have to say about good old t ray good old t ray yeah i hated him he was uh just like i don't know and you get a little bit more of his story you're right but not enough i don't think to redeem his shittiness and just how he treats Lily and how he treats Rosaline and just how he treats people in general. I just really did not like him. And he had lots of opportunities to uh, be better. Like I feel like there were certain times throughout the book where like they set him up to be better, like to tell Lily he loves her or to, you know, I don't know, just, I don't know, be a better human. And he just failed every time. So pretty much. Yeah. All right. So moving on from our little character discussion to our first discussion question. Uh, the first one is, do you think race was portrayed realistically in the secret life of bees? And what do you think Sue monk kid was saying about race in this? novel? And, and yeah, I, I think it was portrayed realistically. Um, in fact, it's one of the reasons that I highly recommend this book for anybody is I think it's really important for us to look at our country's past through a realistic lens, even if it makes us uncomfortable, especially if it makes us uncomfortable. Uh, and it was really cool to see Lily shed her taught biases, like like you guys both said earlier, as the story progressed. And I, I don't think that you know Lily wasn't like a racist character at the beginning of the book, but because of you know the, the times and the way that she was raised and the people she was raised by, she had those you know taught biases that were inherently in her. And it was really really cool to see those kind of like oh and see that all fall fall away and um, and her lose all of that as the story progressed as she spent more time with the sisters and Zach. 
Yes, unfortunately, I think that it was portrayed realistically. It's difficult to read certain parts of the book, knowing that that is the history that we have in our country of treating human beings that way, Um, especially when they were, you know, the scene where they basically just abused and attacked Rosaline for what she did. And the fact that there was a cop there, like watching it happen and just like, okay, that's enough after she's like been freaking beaten and bruised and bloodied. It's and just, sent to the hospital. Literally. Right. And the cops just like standing there letting them do their thing until, you know, finally he's like, okay, you know, don't kill her. Like that sort of thing. But it's just like the fact that that actually was something that was commonplace uh, makes me sick, honestly. And so I think that, like you said, Michael, it, it makes us uncomfortable when we read things like that because it's like just so far-fetched from like, anything that I can imagine doing to a human being, like no matter what really, even they're, if they're like a freaking murderer, like you just don't, I don't know. So anyway, it was, it was, I think it was portrayed realistically. And I think that that is unfortunate. Yep. I also think for the time period, it was portrayed realistically. And I think what she was trying to say is that we have a lot of these inner biases that we can learn from. You are a product of your environment, but that doesn't mean you always have to be that way. You can learn from that, you know, just because you grew up one way doesn't mean you can't learn about it and be a better person. And I think that's what we get here. You know, Lily thought one way in the beginning and at the end, you can see that, that it was completely changed for her. You know, she realized all these, her inner biases that she grew up with. Uh, especially towards, you know, like I mentioned, the African-Americans, like, thinking she was smarter than them just because of the skin tone. And and like we said, she, we would never consider her a racist character at all, you know. And But she still felt like she was still better than them when, you know, growing up. And then she saw that, like, hey, look at these strong female, strong women characters. Look at all these, this beautiful... Oh, what were they called? The 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 Mary was the Black Madonna, but like the, this inner circle of women that she kind of got put into that, you know, she saw that they all have their strengths and weaknesses. And they the called it a sisterhood. Church, yeah, it's the church that they belong. But the word I was looking for is like the sisterhood. And I think she learned a lot because of that. All right. So moving on from there, uh, Lily's relationship to her dead mother in the book was very complex, ranging from guilt to idealization to hatred to acceptance. What happens to a daughter when she discovers her mother once abandoned her? Is Lily right? Would people generally rather die than forgive? And was it harder for Lily to forgive her mother or to forgive herself? Uh, the plot, This plot point itself was very intriguing to me. I kept waiting for them to twist it to where T-Ray was the one who pulled the trigger and had the gun. But then I was hoping that they didn't because I knew that that would tie it up too neatly um, and kind of totally change the story. But I really was waiting for them to kind of reveal like it actually wasn't you. It was T-Ray telling you that you did this horrible thing. I think that Lily had an immense amount of trauma from her past uh, dealing with T-Ray, dealing with her mom that I think that she kind of since her mom, we find out, did abandon her and didn't really, she wasn't really wanted. Um, I think that there was probably quite a bit of issues there too, like with her seeking affirmation and seeking love and affection from a parent that 
you know, wasn't able to give it to her. And then just the shame and guilt. She never properly grieved the loss of her mother. And even once she began hating her, she still never grieved her, really, which is what I feel like she would ultimately need to do to move forward. Um, I do think that she had a harder time forgiving herself than her mother. And I think that even after she learned the truth about her mom, I think that she still didn't really forgive herself for what happened. But that's just my take. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a pretty thought to have, I'm sure, you know, that your mother abandoned you. You know, learning at one point your mom ab- abandoned you after I, like, she idolized her for so long and she had this I don't know this image of her mom and who she was to kind of that just kind of blew blew up and she was like oh nope not really so let's see here Uh, I'm not sure about the whole dying part can't speak to that but I do think it's hard for people to forgive and I do think it's one of the harder things to do for people is just to forgive people that hurt you or things that happen to you that's why a lot of people go to you know, counseling for that is to learn how to forgive yourself and forgive others. And I do think it was harder for her to forgive herself more so than her mom, just because she had to learn that her mom could be all of those things that she had imagined, you know, both the great and terrible things that she learned. And that didn't make her relationship with her mom any, any different. I, I feel like she went from idolizing her mom to thinking she was this beautiful woman who would never leave her, who would never abandon her. And the only reason why she did leave her was because of Lily accidentally killed her versus learning that her mom technically did abandon her for a little bit and left her with T Ray, this awful human. And she's like, how could you do this to me? You know, Lily learned that people are flawed and and it took her a while to grieve that and learn that and be okay with that. And for her to also feel okay with herself with that, you know, knowing that that's part of her history and thinking she took her mom away and hating herself for it this whole time growing up with that thought in her head, even though she didn't believe it, I think she deep down, she knew and that's why she kind of was the way she was and learning to grow with that. It's quite a, like Lauren said, it's a very interesting plot point for her characterization. So their relationship was super complex. Uh, I think you know, she experiences some very complicated emotions when she learns that she abandoned her. And I think that the reasons that she left are tough for a girl her age to understand. Uh, I think as she grows up that she'll see why she had to leave and hopefully take some solace in the fact that she always meant to come back and get her like that was the plan. And I, I think that at her age, it's impossible for her to, to see that and, and, and understand it. And I, it's definitely something that will take some time for her to process. Uh, But I think that may come with age. It's definitely hard for people to forgive. And I think uh, for some people, it is easier to die. Uh, There's there's definitely some people who just are not uh, able to forgive. And so I think it is always harder to forgive yourself than others. So I think that she is going to have a rougher time forgiving herself, like you guys both said. Learning that her mom left didn't inherently change their relationship, though, or all the good things and all the good memories that she has about her mom. Um, and like I said, I, I think as she grows up, she'll see she'll see all of that in a little bit different light. So moving on from there, what do the bees mean to the story? And what is the secret life of bees? Um, I felt like that the bees had a lot of symbolism um, throughout the story. I think that the pink house is representative of kind of a beehive in itself uh, with all of the members. Um, Each character kind of represented the different worker bees, caretaker bees, 
you know, Lily and Zach and um, the ones that were really in charge of taking care of the bees themselves, like they were more of the worker bees, you know, August, June, they were more of the caretakers. The queen bee could kind of be thought to be, or at least I thought like the Black Mary, kind of the, what they all kind of center themselves around. I kind of thought that the theme of bees throughout the story and then becoming kind of part, Lily got to become like part of the hive and, you know, joining into something that is more, that's bigger than herself is kind of where I took that with the bees. So I didn't really have that great of a connection to the bees as far as like Lauren did. And I really, really loved her answer. So I kind of want to go piggyback of that because I, I didn't really think much of it, to be honest. I couldn't really think of anything. But when she mentioned the Black Mary being the queen bee, I had this uh, scene that popped in my head as soon as you said that, where which that makes complete sense to me because Lily go or uh, August tells Lily that the Black Mary is a mother to all, like she mothered everyone. And there's that scene with Lily when she was kind of afraid to go and touch the Black Mary in the heart, and then she finally does. And I think she says like, "You're my mother. You're a mother to me." And all you know, like she was feeling that when she didn't grow up with a mother and really needed to. So I. I really like that. And that's when you said that, that's the scene that literally popped up in my head. So I really like that. And I, that that's all I have to say to that. I think Lauren said it beautifully. I have nothing to add to that. I also have nothing to add there. I, I, uh, I didn't really know how to answer this. And when I saw Lauren's answer, I don't think I could have said it any better. So he almost would have stolen it. Had he gone first, Lauren. So false. Yes, Un- unlike, him, unlike him, I wanted to give you all the credit for this one. Un- unlike him, where he's just like, Oh, actually stealing that. False. <laughs> Stealers. False, false, false. <laughs> so moving on, did your opinion of T Ray change when August told Lily about how much he used to love her mother and how he used to be? Does Deborah's abandonment explain or excuse T-Ray? So I'm not sure if my opinion changed per se about him. I don't think it, it doesn't really matter how much he loved the mom, her, Deborah, whatever. I don't think that excuses the way he treated Lily. I don't think any amount of what happened to you in the past gives you the, the right to treat anyone a certain way. So with that, I think it does explain him and why he was doing that a lot better but i don't think it excuses him for any of his actions it it does make more sense since he's clearly blaming lily for looking like the mom he's clearly taking it a taking it out on her because i think like he's like how dare you you're the one who killed her and essentially lily was the one who who took the mom to take took deborah away from him and obviously we get that scene and he still hasn't come to terms with that so even though the mom deborah was leaving him regardless of what would have happened next i don't think he came to terms with the fact that like hey she was leaving you it doesn't matter that she died before she got the chance to like she was going she was in the process i'm pretty sure of divorcing his ass and i don't I don't think I feel like he had that disconnect where he was just pretending like in his head, like if she had not died, we would have been this happy family, which obviously would not have been the case. And I feel like he put all the blame on Lily for a lot of things looking, looking like her, obviously acting like her. She has probably that 
what is the word that strength inner strength that the mom had because like it wasn't back then it wasn't easy to leave a husband like you didn't work you know you couldn't work you couldn't do a lot of stuff without a man and so that took a lot of inner strength for the mom for deborah to be like hey like i just i can't do this anymore i'm leaving i'm taking lily with me so i just feel like he put a lot of blame on her and never came to terms with the fact that his wife was leaving him regardless if she died that at that moment or not Yep, I definitely agree with that. And pretty much just like you said, so not really, it didn't change my opinion of him at all. It was nice, I guess, to know just for the sake of his character, um, that he wasn't always like this and always the way that he is now. But it wasn't enough to redeem the man and father he eventually became. That's that's still inexcusable. And so I, I don't think it does. Uh, it does explain, I guess, a little bit to what the question says, but it doesn't excuse his behavior. Yeah, I just literally put that I still hated him. I don't think that there is an excuse. I think Barbara said it really well, saying that no matter what's happened to you in the past, it doesn't give you a right to treat people the way that he did. And like you said, Michael, I think that it's nice to know that he wasn't always that way, but it doesn't really excuse his behavior. So I agree. All right. So what was your reaction to Lily's relationship with Zach? Uh, What do you think happened to them in the future? And before I answer this, I want to quickly explain who Zach was. So Zach was a a young African-American boy who worked, or teenager, I guess, right? Who worked on- He was 17, I believe. 16, 17. Yeah, he was his junior year in high school, I believe. And he had a part-time job working with the beekeepers. He was like an assistant beekeeper. Uh, And that's that's where he fits into the story. But I really liked her relationship with Zach, Lily and Zach's relationship. It it broke my heart though that it couldn't be real um, due to racism in America. At the time, it wouldn't have been safe for them to really be together. And that made me really sad, but I, I thought they were cute together. I thought that the the moments that we did get uh, were, were, were very nice in the book. And, and I, I hope that when they got older, they moved up North and actually got to be together in a place where it was at least a little bit safer at the time for them to, to do that. Um, but I we don't know, we don't know what happened, but that's, that's my hope. So I, agree i agreed with both of you guys on this one um i enjoyed their relationship i was sad that it couldn't be you know continued or real um just because of the way that things were during that time um i do hope that eventually they ended up together later on um but obviously there's no sequel to this so we shall never know yeah obviously i think we all are in accordance with here i really enjoyed their relationship I do think it's sad to think that this actually happened and it wasn't so long ago either. It's not like it was over a hundred years ago. You know, this is very recent still. So that's the crappy part about that. And I like to think they ended up together later in life, him being the attorney that he always wanted to be and her being the writer and their relationship blossomed after that. Because happy endings, right? Had you ever heard of Kneeling on Grits before reading this book? And what qualify, sorry, what qualities did Lily have that allowed her to survive, endure, and eventually thrive despite T-Ray? Um, so I thought this was a strange figure of speech. I had not heard of it before. I do know what grits are, but I had never heard of kneeling on them. It's kind of weird. But it does point to Lily's perseverance and her resilience. Uh, she is one tough cookie. And I think that her stubborn will and resilience are really the only things that kept her moving forward throughout all of the different trials that she faced. So, no, I had never heard of that, but I also had never heard of grits before until I was a lot older. I 
didn't even know that was a Southern thing to eat until I was probably in college when I went to New Orleans for the, or whenever I went to New Orleans for the first time, I believe is when I found out about grits and I can't remember. And then it wasn't until college that I actually tasted grits for the first time. So I had, I knew what grits were in the sense, but I, I guess I didn't realize that was a form of punishment for kneeling on grits. I don't even know what they look like without being cooked. So I'm assuming they're hard. I've kind of pictured them as like uh, corn kernels, but maybe smaller, I'm assuming. But like yeah, I said, I don't even like know what smaller rice, like okay. really ground up little see, I like I, I don't know what they look like pre cooked either. But anyways, I feel like I'm digressing there. So the love for her mom and her and their strength and perseverance lent her a character being able to withstand such a well, we've considered him to be a shit father, essentially. That's kind of why she endured what he had to do plus i feel like i said rosaline being there i feel like without rosaline i think she would have broke in which case she did it because of this she at least had that one person that was kind of still loving up on her and you know appreciating her so i I guess i'll start with this one so it it wasn't a figure of speech she literally had to put grits on the ground and kneel on them and grits when they're uncooked you have to picture not like smooth rice or kernels it'd be like tiny little really sharp rocks that she'd have to kneel on. That's why it was, she was like her cutting it into her, her, it cutting into her knees after a while. And she just stayed there. So, so yeah, I mean it, this, I didn't know this was a thing and it made me really mad that, that it happened because it's such a, a violent way to punish a child. I'm and assuming it's, it's a Southern thing, right? I don't even know if it was a real thing. I didn't look it up after reading it, but mm. reading about him doing it to her really pissed me off. But like I said before, T-Ray was, uh, was such a, a, a D bag to her all of the time. Um, and it, it became clear of it like Barbara said in the last question, that he's punishing her for the loss of her mother and the fact that she looks like her less than, you know, for stuff that she's actually done. But Lily was a tough, strong kid, and I think that allowed her to survive and persevere through this. I think that Rosaline played a part in that, like you guys said too. But I also think she came out of all this a stronger person, and uh, I was very grateful that she, at the end of the novel, uh, didn't have to go back and live with T-Ray, and she, at least as far as we know, escaped being with him for the rest of her life. Moving on from there, we got our last question, which is, why is it important that women come together? Uh, What did you think of the Calendar Sisters and the Daughters of Mary? And how did being in the company of this circle of females transform Lily? I think it's important because we have to build each other up, not tear each other down. And it's just a different kind of friendship slash companionship that is so important for women to have. Like there is a time where society and the media portrayed women hating women and wanted us to always like be pitted against each other. So I really loved seeing this where that's not the case whatsoever. I loved how they were there for each other and celebrated their uniqueness and supported each other. It was just beautiful to read. You know, she, she learned to love herself and rely on these strong women when she needed it and then support them when they needed it. And I, I think every person needs that regardless of sex like regardless if you have that strong sense of friendship and companionship regardless like it's it helps you be a better person so i love to see in this book love this is once again i'm going to keep harping on this this is what strong female characters look like they're all flawed they all have even june even june with her issues and all that stuff that she has she still taught valuable lessons to lily and and her beautiful music playing, you know, how she played for 
essentially dead people, not dead people, dying people like, you know, in hospice. And that probably alleviated a lot of stress for them too, that because music is healing, music is beautiful. And so regardless, I just, this is what I love to see. This, 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 this is how, this is how you write female characters and women characters, Mr. Grady or whatever the hell your crap name is for the crap book. Grady, that was correct. Ha. So, so yeah, uh, Lily never had a mother or female role model really in the book, except for Rosaline. Uh, and, and now all of a sudden she's got a whole group of them. And it was really awesome to see the effect that not only that these women had on her, but the fact that she had on them too. I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, the, the fact that like Lily's biases kind of faded away throughout the book, but we failed to mention that I think that these women had some biases against white women and white girls too, that also faded away a little bit because of their relationships with Lily. And so it was cool to see that go both ways. And I, I think that uh, they both were able to grow in different ways because of each other. And it, it completely transformed Lily and it really allowed her to come out of her shell and finally find herself. And it was very really cool to see that it was you know i've read and watched a lot of coming of age stories and this one was a very unique take on that and it was it was, it was very very well done and it was it was you know the calendar sisters and the, the daughters of mary were were vital in that coming of age for our main character i literally read barbara's response and just typed yes queen <laughs> because yeah this was a really really well written um Female characters, really well written female relationships, just with like, you know, like you said, Barbara, um, supporting each other when like Lily needed it and then Lily being able to support them when they needed it. Just yes. Yes, yes. That last scene when August obviously called all of them to kind of back them up when T-Ray was there just in case he was going to cause a scene like melted my cold dead heart. It was so beautiful to see that they all showed up for her. And I think that's what Lily needed to see is these women cared for her and were willing to stand up for T-Ray. Because back then, that's a huge... Like, right now, like that's still really cool. But if you're thinking back then, he is a white man. He could literally put them all in jail saying they stole his baby girl and all this crap. And no one would bat an eye and believe him for it. So I think that's just a testament of what that scene meant. So let's get into our individual scoring now. Uh, Barbara, what did you think of this one? Yep, 7.75 for me. Really, really enjoyed this book. So 7.25 for me. I also enjoyed it. Lauren? Mike, Michael, I'm never going to let you forget that you did a stupid <laughs> decimal on this one. I know. A <laughs> really stupid decimal. Is this decimal. the first time, at least in the third no, season? No, it's, it's the first time no? this season. It's not the oh, first time yeah. ever. I did eight. Um, I gave it an eight. I really, really loved it. I figured why you'd bring that up. Anyway, uh, the group score for this one ended up being a 7.7 out of 10. So you can tell we really all enjoyed it. Okay. Have feedback about today's episode? Contact us by writing to badassliteraturesociety at gmail.com. I know it's a handful and a mouthful. I too think so when I say it. Anyways, you can also send us a DM or leave a comment on Instagram or Facebook. And I believe the handles Mike already repeated. It's at, at badasslitpod.com whatever instagram and Facebook. just 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 at badass at, yeah there you go make sure you're uh, you're following or subscribe to badass literature for free in your favorite podcast app uh give us a rating if it allows you to and leave us a review also don't forget to follow us on social media one more time our our, our handle there is at badass pod on instagram and facebook and with that we'll see you next month for a bonus episode just bonus. No. Just bonus. And then we'll yes. be back uh, the following month with a full We're review from this Taking a break. Some of us are going to be busy. Yep.
Out we'll of the you. country. Yay. We'll see, yeah. we'll, we'll see you guys then. Bye. You're Michael. I'm Barbara. I'm Lauren. Bye. 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 <laughs>